Earlier this year, I read a quote from Tiago Forte that has been sticking in my head ever since, and it says, productivity is for people who don't have leverage. I'll say that again. Productivity is for people who don't have leverage. Productivity equals output over time. Leverage equals impact over effort. And I think that that's why Tiago and a bunch of other thought leaders don't really think about themselves as productivity gurus because productivity is associated with stuffing every single second of your day with output. And really, you just want to output once and reap the rewards forever. I think one of the strongest thinkers on leverage is Naval, and he talks about it on his How to Get Rich tweet slash podcast slash I don't know what. I did a tweet storm uh, called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky, and it got pretty popular in Twitter. Uh, and uh, it's really about wealth creation. I just used the clickbaity title. And it's trying to basically lay out timeless principles of wealth creation that if you absorb them, you become the kind of person who can create wealth, create business, make money. Uh, and my theory behind that is like, there are three things everybody wants. There's actually more than three, but let's, let's just start with three, the three basics. Everybody wants to be wealthy, everybody wants to be happy, and everybody wants to be fit. And I know there's a lot of virtue signaling that goes on, like we don't want money and you know I don't care about being happy and happiness is for stupid people. Mm. But let's face it, like you want to be rich and happy and healthy. Yeah. Like, that's the trifecta. Now, of course, you also want an internally calm state of mind. You want a loving household. So there are other things that come into it. But those three, I think they can actually be taught Right, and a fitness. I'm not going to teach. There are a lot of people who you've had on here, including yourself, who know a heck of a lot more about fitness and health than I do. Um, but I was born poor and miserable, and uh, I'm now pretty well off, and I'm very happy. Uh, and I don't. And I worked at those, and so I've learned a few things. There are some principles. And so I try to lay them out, but in a timeless manner where you can kind of figure it out yourself. Because at the end of the day, I can't really teach anything. Mm. I can only inspire you and maybe give you a few hooks so you can remember things when they happen or put a, put a name to them. So this podcast actually ended up explaining this tweet storm. So there's a tweet storm with like 36, 38 tweets, got very famous, got translated into dozens of languages. Um, and these were principles that I came up with for myself when I was really young, around 13, 14. Uh, and I've been carrying them in my head for 30 years. Mm. And I've been sort of living them. And over time, I just realized, like, sadly or fortunately, the thing that I got really good at was looking at businesses and figuring out the point of maximum leverage to actually create wealth and capture some of that. Uh, and do it in a very long-term kind of way, not not the, you know, banker, mm -hmm. crash the economy, <laughs> get right, bailed right. out kind of way. But, you know, build businesses and help people and uh, provide value kind of way, uh, especially when applied to modern technology and leverage in this age of infinite leverage that we live in. So there's a lot of elements of media in the age of infinite leverage, which is something I obviously talk about a lot. And I think that Something that's also interesting is that he regards code as a form of leverage. And of course, if you think about it in some sense, it's just words rearranged in another way that happens to be interpretable by machines. Uh, and it has a very direct form of leverage. You can also think about writing and speaking as programming for humans rather than machines. So there's two ways to think about code versus media. We live in an age of infinite leverage. What I mean by that is that your actions can be multiplied a thousandfold, either by broadcasting at a podcast or by investing capital or by having people work for you or by writing code. So because of that, the impacts of good decision-making are much higher than they used to be because now you can influence thousands or millions of people through your decisions or your code. So a clear mind leads to better judgment, leads to better outcome.
So a happy, calm, peaceful person will make better decisions and have better outcomes. So if you want to operate at peak performance, you have to learn how to tame your mind, just like you have to learn how to tame your body. I think the other part of Naval's philosophy on leverage is that he has a very rugged emphasis on just individuals having uniqueness and them pursuing that authentically because it's what they love to do and it's the only thing that they are the only people that match that description that can do it in this world. So in other words, when you have a fork in the road, you have to do the thing that you're uniquely qualified to do, even though, for example, the well-beaten path might be more rewarding near-term or more certain near-term. You have to put your skin in the game and be weird, be unique, be individual. Today in society, you get rewarded for creative work, for creating something brand new that society didn't even know yet that it wanted, that doesn't know how to get other than through you. So the most powerful money makers are actually individual brands, people like yourself, or Elon, or Kanye, or Oprah, or Trump, right? These are individual brands, eponymous name brands, who themselves are leveraged, like you're leveraged. You have podcast media going out to everybody. That's leveraged. The podcasts work for you when you sleep. They have knowledge that nobody else has, which is your knowledge is the knowledge of being Joe Rogan. I mean, who else is a UFC fighter and a common and a podcaster and a comedian and, you know, interested in all these things and knows all these people can't replace you. Um, so we have to pay you what you're worth. And was I never fought in the UFC, though. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Fire. Okay, sorry. Um, or, you know, you, you're whatever, you're, you're, you're involved in that whole scene. You just have a unique set of skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of this unique, what I call specific knowledge, because of the accountability that you have with your name, because of the leverage that you have through your media, you're a money-making machine. I'm sure at this point I could make you start over tomorrow, wipe out your bank account, you'd be rich again in no time because you have all the skill sets. So once people have those skill sets and the beauty is the way you've done it is you don't have any competition. There's no substitution. If Joe Rogan were to disappear off the air tomorrow, it's not like random podcaster number 12 would step in and fill that thing. No, it's, it's just gone. So the way to get out of that competition trap is actually to be authentic. The way mm. to retire is actually to find the thing that you know how to do better than anybody. And you know how to do that better than anybody because you love to do it. No one can compete with you if you love to do it. Be authentic and then figure out how to map that to what society actually wants. Apply some leverage, put your name on it so you take the risks, but you gain the rewards. Have ownership and equity in what you do and then just crank it out. And here I am cranking out my daily podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you find something that you can crank out that's uniquely you as well.